Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So uh, it was my birthday this weekend. I went down to a place down in uh, West Palm Beach, the meat market for the most unbelievable Wagyu. You ever have Wagyu? Wagyu, it's like the cows with the Wagyu. They massage them. They let them watch like Netflix or whatever. You know, the, the cows get taken care of pretty good. The Wagyu was incredible. So big shout out to them. But enough about me. I'm now 47, which feels stunning. I can't believe I was born 47 years ago. I've got video out of the UK with the mask, literally the mask police, not figuratively. <laughs> Hold for that. I, it's not a joke. Also, an MSNBC guest proposing now that we stop people from vaccinated from being allowed to fly. That's weird. I wonder if they have like a life-saving surgery in another state they have to fly. Are they going to stop them for their health, for public health reasons? Anybody thought of that? More on that coming up a loaded show today. Hey, you have a right to privacy. Defend it. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I got that. Biden caught in another lie. Squad member Rashida Tlaib humiliating herself on the House floor. Uh, she now wants you to pay for her like government welfare program, even though she's making 200 k Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, that, that's true. You know, coexist, tolerance, the whole liberal ethos, right? If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. survival rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, let's go. Get out from there. On a Monday. Uh, by the way, just on a, a slightly uh, uh, down, well, very down note, but Bob Dole uh, was 98 years old, passed this weekend. God rest his soul. Yeah. Uh, Bob Dole was a, was a real hero. But I will say that about Bob Dole, um, he called me. Not that long ago, about three years ago. I'm not kidding. It's not some kind of silly story. And, uh, you know, to try and like, hey, look at me. Um, but what an amazing guy. I mean, he was in his late 90s when we spoke. He wanted to talk to me about a whole bunch of things. It, why do you, I have no idea. Just someone gave him my number and he called. He wanted to, he, was, he thanked me for some of the content. Not a joke. I'm not messing around. Huh. And for a guy who was in his mid 90s. Yeah, I never told you a story. I was living over in the Palm City house. Man, this guy was sharp. He was making some joke and everything. And I was like, I told my wife, I'm like, you're never going to believe it. Bob Dole just called me. So God rest his soul, man. He really, uh, you look at his back, sir, forget the politics stuff. Just look at what he did in his life. You know, injured uh, really badly in, in uh, combat. Just an amazing guy. So God rest your soul, Amen, Bob Dole. bro. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Different, the greatest generation, man. So it's true. All right. Sadly, the, not the greatest generation, the generation we're living in now, uh, present company excluded, of course, you, the listeners. But we got a bunch of liberal idiots and dunces who are ushering in a new totalitarian state. And they're doing it under the guise of they're trying to protect you against COVID. Listen to me for the umpteenth thousandth time. The Rona, the left does not want the Rona to end. The Rona pandemic has been the greatest vehicle the left has ever had for ushering in a new era of government totalitarianism. Big sphere of individual liberties. <laughs> getting crushed. Small sphere of government. Expanding. I just realized I'm going to move my rock there over. Sorry, hold on. Yeah, what are you? Somebody messing with your desk, yeah. dude? Yeah, yeah, they were cleaning up up here and everything's all moved around. I don't like people ah. touch my stuff. I'm sorry. And you can do whatever you want in my house. Just don't touch my stuff. I have spaces. Just don't touch my stuff in the spaces and it's okay. This is not going to stop. I'm telling you, the Rona campaign, the fear campaign will never end because it's been such a fantastic vehicle for scaring you. The only people that voluntarily give up their civil liberties on purpose, the only people that do that, are people who are scared. Now do you see the nonstop fear campaign? Here, perfect example. This will not stop until we make it stop. This actually happened in the UK. A guy took a, his camera out, started filming this. 
This is two UK police officers that wind up arresting a guy in his store for not having a mask on. This is not a uh, some you know propaganda video. This really happened right here. Here, check this out. Not exempt. I'm, I'm exempt, so I don't need a mask. She's telling me you're so exempt. So mind your business, yeah. Okay. Mind your business. You don't need to ask me do. if I'm exempt. It's your no, you don't need to ask me. It's, it's not your business. What I'm going to do with you now, yeah, I'm going to ask you why you're exempt. In, in terms you don't of, need to worry. It's my medical right, history. I'm not asking fine. your medical history. So don't worry. No, you won't. No, you won't. I'll be going. No, you won't. You don't even have your mask on properly. Look at this guy. He's got his nose out and he's trying to right. tell me to wear a mask right, ordering a subway when I'm exempt for asthma. So mind your business. Listen to me. And let me go my journey. Folks, anyone pushing these mask mandates should never, ever, ever get a vote for office from you ever again. Matter of fact, you should personally consider running against them or donating to candidates running against them. Do you see where this goes now? The tragically hilarious portion of that video, Joe, did you catch it? I know if you're li- if you're listening on audio, oh, yeah, yeah. you heard it. But if you're watching on video on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino, if you want to <laughs> yes. watch the video version of the podcast, you caught it. The <laughs> cop there isn't even wearing the mask right. No. Who's arresting the guy for not wearing the mask? And then all of a sudden, he puts it over his nose when he realizes the guy's filming him. Listen, to our police officer friends out there, you know my heart is always with you. But my gosh. Please stop contributing to this rapid decay of civil liberties all around the world. You don't be part of the problem here. Come on, man. I'm not. This is really embarrassing. Now, again, you think this is, you know, again, hyperbolic exaggeration for effect. The Dan Bongino show just making stuff up. Here's the crazy governor of Oregon and the Democrat liberals who ruined this wonderful state. Oregon, Washington Examiner piece. They're working to implement indoor mask mandates permanently. You will be wearing a mask in Oregon forever if you listen to these nuts. Now, action matters. I just gave you step one. Folks, the campaign season is coming up. I want every single local, federal, state, city commissioners, mayors, everyone on the record, on the record, on the record, the verdict is in. Where do you stand on mask mandates? You're pushing mask mandates. Nobody out there, get them on the record. Nobody out there should get one of our votes and we should actively be recruiting candidates to work against them. Second, folks, if you can, you know, candidly, even if you can't find a way, you got to move out of these states. You have got to move out of these states. I'm very sorry to have to give you the bad news. I know it's not going to be easy. You'll say, oh, Dan, it may be easy for you. You know, you've chose successful. No, no. When I moved out of Maryland, folks, we didn't have much. Believe me. We built the show. We were doing okay, but we were in a position to lose a lot. Could have ran for office there in Maryland and probably won that congressional district six seat. Uh, We didn't do it. We left because we knew, you know, we had to get out of there. And, you know, we had some medical stuff. My wife and her mom, it was a couple different things that factored into it, but it wasn't an easy call. My wife at one point didn't want to go, but we got out of there. You got to go. You got to get away from these crazy people. Move to states where your freedom is respected, like Florida, except if you're a liberal. Then the state's closed. We're not accepting new applications, but thanks for trying. Here, showing you again, this is not going to stop until we stop it. There is no sideline sitting. Get off the sidelines. Get in the ring right now. This door is going to be your doors get knocked on soon. You think you can avoid this fight? Here's a crazed guest on MSNBC suggesting that if you're not vaccinated, even though they've shown the vaccine does very little at all to stop the spread, I had the vaccine. I got one of the nastiest cases of Corona. It's the sickest I've ever felt in my life. I got the vaccine. And now we have evidence that the vaccine isn't stopping the spread like they said it was. It doesn't matter. This crazed guest on MSNBC wants to stop you from even getting on a plane if you're not vaccinated. Think about that. You're not even allowed to drink. You're going to have to drive from New York to California if you got business or if you don't get the, if you got business on the other side of the country. Here, you doubt me? Check this out. There's a couple of more tools in our uh, quiver here, which include, for example, and which is something I've been advocating for, which is I don't think anyone should be allowed on an airplane, domestic or international or a train, without being able to prove they've been vaccinated. To me, that's really the only way, in addition to testing, that we're going to get 
better control over the situation we currently have. Ladies and gentlemen, this is never going to stop until we make it stop. I'm telling you, they don't want it to end. This has been their most effective tool they've had in generations to whittle away, whittle away your civil liberties and turn over that power to the government. Liberty is a zero-sum game. What you lose in liberty goes somewhere. It goes to the other side of the ledger. It goes to the government side. Liberty zero-sum. Zero-sum. You can't be free to spend your money if the government has it. You can't be free to send your kid to the school of your choice if the government forces him into the school. You can't be free to have sovereignty over your own body if the government tells you what has to happen with your own body. You are not free. Now, someone sent me this article at APA. said, oh, look, Fauci and uh, the Biden administration, they're starting to wake up about Omicron, this new variant with the mutations. Well, I told you last week, everybody needs to sit back, digest the science, not liberal science. I'm talking about actual science, not crazy liberals. Everybody needs to sit back, digest the actual science about what's going on with this Omicron coronavirus variant. Is Omicron, is the R not higher? Meaning, is it more infectious and contagious? Is the case fatality rate higher? Is the fatality rate overall higher? You know, case fatality rate and infection fatality rates are not the same thing. Not all cases are reported, obviously. Everybody relax on the left. All of a sudden, we're starting to hear that the Omicron cases may be less severe, which, as I've told you repeatedly, if you look through evolutionary history on respiratory viruses, ladies and gentlemen, they typically get less fatal. Oh, my gosh. Not Just do your homework. Not more fatal. Why do they get less fatal? Because the disease doesn't want to kill all of its hosts. Why would a disease? Granted, it doesn't have a desire. As a matter of evolution, saying it more scientifically appropriately, if a disease kills its host because it becomes more fatal, then what happens? It has no host to infect because it kills everyone. These respiratory viruses typically become less fatal. That appears to be what's happening now with Omicron. So someone sent me this article. Oh, look, the administration's waking up. Folks, they're not waking up. Here's the AP article. Fauci says early reports are encouraging about the Omicron variant. Do you notice Biden and Fauci last week about Omicron? Despite the initial panic, we're shutting everything down. Everyone's going to die. All right, granted, some hyperbole there, but you get the point. Yeah. You notice now they're dialing it back. Why do you think they're doing that? All of a sudden they found science. Dr. Fauci, get that. Come on. Don't give me the BS. Here's what's really going on as I'm getting from sources here behind the scenes here. What's really happening is the Biden administration is starting to realize that COVID fatigue is setting in. People are tired, folks. People are tired. They want to live their lives. They are tired of it. They're also starting to realize that their COVID panic is having a very real effect on the economy. As people start to hoard their cash again, people don't go to movies, and they're realizing that the political ramifications, follow me, political ramifications, that you know they want fear porn to take away your liberties, but the political fallout of doing that is starting to realize, uh, is starting to result in fewer votes for the 2022 election as people start to take a hit to their wallets and all that stuff. All of a sudden, they're starting to level out all the panic porn now because it's going to affect them personally. Folks, listen to me. I'm going to put the note here so I don't forget this for my radio show later. We are going to have to learn to live with this thing. It is not going anywhere. I'm going to get to a piece of video from Jay Bhattacharya, who's a very, very good, sound, reasonable medical professional who talks about COVID in a very rational, sound way in a minute. But he says something I want you all to digest. This thing isn't going anywhere. I knew I was going to get it. I got it. It sucked. I'm done with it. I'm way done with it now. I've got natural antibodies. Uh, natural immunity. How long is that going to last? I don't know. We haven't had coronavirus with us long. But anyone telling you, oh, ladies and gentlemen, none of this is worth a single human life. We can't put a price on human life. That is nonsense. I'm not putting a price on human life. You are. You put a price on your life every single day and gauge risk. Why have we thrown that all out the window in the coronavirus era? We can't spare one human life can't be lost. You cannot put a price on that. Really? How come people get on planes every single day and travel knowing there's a small but not entirely insignificant risk of a plane crashing? Why do you do that? Listen, I'm sorry if you've heard this example before on my show, but it is so critical that you get it. 
The world is full of risk. The only question is, do you weigh the risk versus reward or do you pretend risk reward doesn't matter? Only judge the risk and say, we're going to shut the economy down entirely to stop one more death. You have determined in your life every day, getting in a car or getting on a plane or drinking alcohol or whatever it is, that the risk of dying from those behaviors, which is small, but again, not insignificant, you have said to yourself, the risk is worth it because the reward for me is great. I enjoy traveling. I enjoy having a drink with my friends. I enjoy going out and traveling with my car, even though I could die doing it. That happens every day with the flu, with colds, with tuberculosis. You could get tuberculosis. You don't see people shutting down the economy. Here's Jay Bhattacharya talking about exactly this. This is not going away. We've got to learn to live with it like we've learned to live with plane crashes, flu deaths, HIV, tuberculosis, and everything else. It's not going anywhere. Everybody needs to wake up. We just need to learn how to treat it. This is a great piece. Check this out. The end of the pandemic is a political decision, not an epidemiological decision. That's a basic fact. Uh, the, the end of the pandemic comes when we decide that the pandemic is done. Uh, and, the way, and the way to think about this, Steve, is that uh, the, we have many of the tools we need to address the, 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 the danger of the virus. Uh, if you haven't been gotten vaccinated, especially you're older, get vaccinated. That protects you against severe disease. Uh, the, we, we, if, you, uh, if we have uh, now good treatments like monoclonal antibodies, so if you get sick, go yes. get early treatment. Um, yes. Stop the panic. Stop counting cases. We have no technology to stop yes. the cases from coming. What we have technology is to protect you if you are, uh, if you actually do get sick. It's the most disappointing part of this whole thing. Well, the most disappointing part, obviously, tragic part is the deaths. People taken from us. We all sadly mostly know someone who's been impacted by coronavirus. Many of us know someone who's passed. But the response to it, ladies and gentlemen, has been embarrassing. It's not going anywhere. We currently do not have the technology to go to zero COVID. So why would you beat your head over the desk constantly knowing that nothing is going to change? You are not going to stop it. I took the monoclonal antibodies. I can only speak for myself, but I had Dana White on my Fox show this weekend suggesting the same thing. He took the Joe Rogan treatment, the monoclonals. Folks, I was better in 36 hours. It was a bad 36 hours. I'm not going to lie to you. It was bad. But in 36 hours, I was done. Why are we forfeiting away our freedom going to jail in the UK for not putting a mask on, giving up our ability to fly over a virus? We're developing technology every day to manage and manage quite effectively. You put a price on your own life every day. Risk is part of life. Everybody needs to internalize it, digest it, and move the hell on. Enjoy yourselves around this holiday season. You only get one shot at this thing we call life. There's not a redo. There's no do-overs, folks. There's no do-overs. You give it up. That's it. All right, let me, uh, <clears throat> let me take a break here and get to my second sponsor. Here's what I got coming up. Joe Biden got caught lying yet again. He's trying to advance his false narrative that he needs to hike your taxes because the Trump tax cuts cost the middle class a bunch of money, so he wants more money for his Build Back Worse plan. Thoroughly eviscerated now based on the IRS data we have. I've got that. Also a video of Rashida Tlaib humiliating herself on the House floor. She wants welfare. Rashida Tlaib makes 200000 a year. Pathetic. Pay your own way. You're making two hundred grand a year. <clears throat> All right. Hey, we're in Omaha Steaks household. Why? Because I love the food and it just tastes really darn good. The holidays are around the corner. Finding the perfect gift, you know, it can be tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it super easy to send your friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. They're delicious. Their food, their food is delicious. The chicken is amazing. The steak is amazing. The desserts are incredible. We were big fans before they were even a sponsor. How do you get Omaha Steaks? You go to omahasteaks.com. Omahasteaks.com, you enter Bongino into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. This will be a big hit. For $99.99, you get 24 entrees, like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons. Mm. Chicken breast, sides, desserts, and so much more. The only thing I don't like about this spot, I get hungry when I read it. Because so, Guy goes shopping in the fridge, as I say every time. When you use code Bongino, you'll get an additional eight delicious Omaha Steaks burgers. They're like a steak on a bun, free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Get it today. 
Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code Bongino. Achieve gifting greatness. It's hard to do. Not with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. That's how confident they are. You're going to love it. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter keyword Bongino in the search bar. omahasteaks.com, keyword Bongino in the search bar. Thanks, Omaha Steaks. Did you? Are they good? You like it? You make it. What? Do you do a medium or medium well? Or what? Medium. Yeah, me too. Medium, medium well. For, I, I, with steak, I need it still mooing. Like I told you, I went yeah. to that place, the meat market this weekend in Palm Beach. They're not a sponsor or anything. I have never had a Wagyu like that in my life. And the manager there could not have been nicer. Service was amazing. Paula took me out for the weekend. We had a blast. I put some pictures if you want to see them up on uh, my Instagram and stuff. You want to see a picture of me and Paula. I may have had um, a beverage, an adult beverage. That's why my eyes look. May have. No. May have. I'm just no, throwing that out there. Yeah, 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 Joe. May. Maybe. It's a small chance. Very small chance my eyes look like my that. Because, because of a be- <laughs> Did I have cake? No, I don't have. Well, yes, I did with my my daughter. We had, but not at that place. Yeah, my daughter loves cake. My youngest will eat any cake ever, anywhere. All right, getting back to the real material on the show. Enough of Dan Bongino's life. TMI, too much information time. IRS data now prove, ladies and gentlemen, that the Democrats are liars. They're fraudsters. I've told you this a thousand times over. The IRS data from the IRS Democrats love now prove that Trump's tax cuts benefited the middle class the most. Now, this piece is in my newsletter. I can't encourage you in strong enough terms to read this, but that's just because, oh, tax cuts, wonky stuff. No, no, forget the tax cuts for me. It's not just about that. It's about a couple of things. How if you are a Democrat, you're a sucker. You're being lied to by these idiots all the time. Biden is now suggesting out there in the media that the tax hikes in his Build Back Worse plan that he wants, these massive tax hikes, are necessary because the rich really got over on the Trump tax cuts and the middle class got screwed. The IRS's own data prove this is crap. This is garbage. This is hit on a shingle, if you know what I mean. This is garbage. Here, I got three screenshots from this because it's important. IRS data now reveals that over just one year, households with an adjusted gross income of 15 to 50K, that's, you know, lower middle class, right? Saw their tax bills under the Trump tax cuts cut, cut, cut by an average of 16 to 26%. With most filers enjoying an 18% tax cut. It's IRS's old data. Similarly, filers earning between 50 and 100 a year, you know, upper middle class folks, one of the largest groups of taxpayers in the, uh, experienced a 15 to 17% tax cut on average. Do you do data? Leftists listening to the show who keep touting this, the Trump tax cuts benefited the rich, not the middle class. Are you a moron all the time or is it just on Monday mornings? The data is right in front of you. So you may be saying, okay, the middle class, upper uh, middle, middle class, lower middle class, if you want to break it into a trifecta, experienced roughly an 18% tax cut. That sounds pretty... But I listened to Joe Biden and AOC and these other idiots out there, and they clearly stated that the rich got an even bigger tax cut. So maybe the middle class benefited and were liars, but the rich got more. Eh, Wrong again. IRS's own data. Those with adjusted gross incomes of 500,000 to a million, the one percenters, folks, for example, had their taxes cut by less than 9%. And filers earning 5 to 10 million, pretty rich received a 3.4% cut, the lowest of any bracket provided by the IRS. How many times are you going to fall for this BS? You want to argue you believe in taxes for the rich? Fine, you do you. I believe in free speech, unlike you do. But stop lying. The middle class got a roughly 18 to 26% tax cut. The ultra rich got 3.4%. Stop making it up. This is even more hilarious. The last screenshot from the piece showing you how these people lie all the time about everything. You are an idiot to believe these people. The IRS data, this is from that examiner piece in my newsletter, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please read it. Send it to your liberal friends. Say, yeah, I thought, I thought that you'd trust the government, right? This is the IRS's own data. Are you this stupid all the time? Or again, is it a Monday morning thing? 
The data also show that the wealthiest filers ended up providing a slightly higher proportion of total personal income tax revenue in 2018. They did in 2017. Let me translate for the liberals. The rich paid more of the income tax load after the tax cuts, you dunces. In 2017, filers earning 500K or more provided 38.9% of all income tax revenues. In 2018, the same group provided 41.5%. I swear, I wake up every morning, and I'm sure the liberals feel the same way about me. And I say, thank you, God, for not making me a liberal. I imagine living in this, in this vapid world, this black hole of stupid all the time and never having any data to back it up while simultaneously claiming that you're on the side of facts and science. Imagine that. No thanks. Imagine the humiliation. All the time. They lie all the time. All right, moving on. Please, though, I'm begging you. Go to my newsletter, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Pick up that article and spread it around everywhere. Because Biden is lying. He'll get out. It doesn't matter this day. He'll go out today again and say, oh, my gosh, the rich really screwed us over with the Trump tax cuts. Therefore, we got to raise taxes to pay for my bill back worse. plan." totally made up. Totally, completely made up. All right. Speaking of making stuff up, here's another fraudster. These leftists are really, you know, I can't say enough. Republicans may not be the solution to all your problems. I don't doubt there are a lot of Republican swamp rats out there. Republicans may not be the solution to all your problems. But the cause of almost all of your problems is most certainly Democrats. They lie about everything. Here is this epic fraud. One of the dumbest people in Congress, Rashida Tlaib. I always wonder with politicians, is that are they dumb or are they liars? With Tlaib, the squad, Bernie Sanders, and Biden, I genuinely question if it's stupidity. She goes on the floor, Rashida Tlaib, and remember, squad member, I mean, she's trying to advocate for a, a, a government loan forgiveness program for student loans. And she uses herself and her whiny, eh, I guess I had to pay 200000 in student loans when I went to law school. So she, this, this is hilarious. The woman makes two hundred k a year or close to it in college. Was it, uh, college excuse me, in Congress. Buck 74 plus, right? Who knows what else she's going to get when she leaves in book deals and all kinds of board stuff. The woman will be rich for the rest of her life. And she's arguing on the floor, complaining that because she went to law school, you, you, the taxpayer who worked for a living, the middle class folks who I just cited in the Washington Examiner report, you should pay off her college bill. I'm not kidding. This actually happened here again. You doubt me? Check this out. I worked full time Monday through Friday and took weekend classes to get my law degree and still close to two hundred thousand dollars in debt. And I still owe about seventy thousand dollars. And most of it was interest. Most of it was our own government making money and profit off of me. And guess what? I didn't go to the for-profit entities. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Wait, I don't know if you caught it. It's the, the hilarious portion that Joe's got 11 there too is, one, she makes close to 200000 a year, will be rich for the rest of her life. Trust me, she'll get board seats and all this stuff. The easy... You know, the, the, the right faces you face forward on this. The easiest part of this to criticize is that this soon to be rich, if not very wealthy person now, easily in the top 20% of earners, wants you to pay her college bill off. Okay, that's just hilariously stupid in and of itself. But she said something at the end. Again, I don't know if you caught it. She says, in my own government, which took over the student loan program, the which the government did, my own government is making money off me. Oh, oh boy. So just to be clear, we had a free market student loan system, right? Obama comes in under Obamacare. They basically monopolize and take over the student loan industry. Why? Well, look at this Wall Street Journal article from 2016. Obama's giant student loan con. They needed to pay for Obamacare. So they said to themselves, if we can steal away the student loan market, and claim that students are paying back these loans at higher rates than they are, we can claim it as like income to use it to offset Obamacare. They lied the whole time. They knew that the default rate was higher. They lied about it. So just to be clear, before I read this from the journal, Tlaib is now complaining that the government took over the student loan market instead of the free market and is so-called making money off her when the government is, in fact, losing money because they lied about making money to pass Obamacare, which is losing money. 
This is what it's like to wake up as a liberal every single morning. Here, from the Wall Street Journal piece. To help pay for Obamacare, Democrats simultaneously federalized the student loan market and projected fictitious savings while adding more than $1.2 trillion to the federal balance sheet. The amount keeps increasing like the debt clock. Liberals then cited the government, quote, savings to peddle the fallacy that the feds make money off student loans, a pretext they then used to sweeten debt forgiveness plans that have helped keep the default rates artificially low. Is this liberalism summed up in one story here? Talib's a squad member, wants you to pay off her student loans. They want you to pay off the student loans as she complains that the government's making money off the student loans. The government took over student loans to pay for Obamacare and lied about the default rate, claiming they were making money, then claimed they were making money lying so they could uh, forgive more student loans, which Rashida Talib wants. And then they did it to pay for Obamacare, which now is adding more money to the debt they claim is making money. (laughs) This is what it's like to wake up every morning in a vortex of stupid like you've never seen in your life. That's why if you're a liberal listening to my show, I know, oh, Dan, go easy on him. You're not going to convince him. I'm not trying to convince him. These people are so incredibly stupid. They are beyond convincing. It doesn't matter. Even worse, you know how you know liberals love to tell you they're in it for the little guy? Rashida Tlaib, we got to cancel student loans. We got to help out the poor. You're helping out the poor? So I, I saw these articles everywhere, but I went to a relatively nonpartisan site, Forbes. It's just a kind of an economic site. You think forgiving student loans helps the poor? Gosh, I'm sorry you're an idiot. Here's an article in Forbes by Zach Friedman that points out a couple gems right here. That student loan cancellation is not progressive, it's regressive. That high-income earners, many of whom hold graduate or professional degrees, generally borrow larger amounts of student loans. Student loan forgiveness, by the way, would benefit the top 10% as much as the bottom 30% of income earners combined. This is a handout to rich people who take more money to go to medical school and law school and do an MBA like I did. You're supposed to pay off my student loan? (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, give me the money. Give me the money, liberal suckers. Give me the money. Pay off my student loan. I would love that. What a bunch of morons. Nothing they're telling you is true. You're calling them names? Yeah, because they're stupid. And that's what we do on this show. We hit them hard because they're dumb, but we provide the data to back it up. Let me get to my next sponsor. And then I want to, speaking of colleges, I I saw an article that confirmed something that I've been telling Joe for years now about how to fight back against these far left radical indoctrination factories. I had uh, had dinner last night, uh, me, Paula, and the kids with Rachel Campos Duffy and, uh, and her kids. We went down to, uh, to uh, Palm Beach and had dinner down a different place. And uh, we were talking about this last night. The, just the, uh, you know, she's got a, a child in college now. And then our young lady. Just destroying our society, man. These colleges. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate mega stores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Okay. You know, one of the things about this, yeah, we're aggressive towards liberals here. I get it. But I'm proud that we always produce the facts and data to back stuff up. IRS data, data on who pays back college loans, who benefits from loan forgiveness. We produce data. Rashida Tlaib, Joe Biden, AOC, and the rest of that crowd, MSNBC. They just produce silly, stupid talking points to shrink your civil liberties. But we also, one of the things I pride myself on the show is we produce action items, things you can do. Call your legislators, run for office, support candidates. One of the things you can do to clean up the mess we have on college campuses now, which have become uh, indoctrination factories, universities and college campuses. One of the things you can do immediately, I've been suggesting for a long time. I wrote an article, like a 12-step program to take back America. I forget how, how, where it was in conservative review or whatever. But I wrote it a while ago, and this was, I, I don't know, step four or five or whatever it was. 
Alumni groups are figuring it out now. Graduates of colleges, alumni groups leverage donations against universities crimping free speech. Yes, yes, yes. I have begged you forever to do this. Here's my suggestion. Again, it was in that piece I wrote a long time ago. The alumni of these universities out there, you get those letters, I get them all the time. Soliciting donations to the school. If you are a donor, I want you to send back a letter, slip it in there, no check, no nothing. Just write it, handwrite it, whatever, and say you will not get another dollar from me, not a single dollar, until you ideologically diversify your schools of journalism and your humanities departments and economics departments. Until that, until we get people who are conservative over there and you stop the liberal monopoly, you're not going to get another dollar from me. Now these alumni groups are starting to band together and figure it out and telling colleges, double-barreled, family-friendly, middle finger, we're not giving you another dime until you fix your ideological uh, bent on these schools. The monopoly problem, good, good. More of us need to do this. Please do not finance your own demise. No more donations. None. Don't do it. Speaking of ideological problems, I've warned you about this operation often, NewsGuard. It's a scam. NewsGuard, is, this is a ridiculous site. It is a leftist site. NewsGuard, what they do is they go and they discriminate against conservative websites by pretending to rank them according to like truth factors and stuff. Folks, it's a scam. It's a simple vehicle, NewsGuard, by leftist hacks and communists to censor free speech. By rating websites, Bongino.com, Daily Caller, whatever it is, by rating them poorly in a way to pressure advertisers to not run ads on their sites. That's what NewsGuard is. It's a scam. It's always been a scam. Look at this article by Newsbusters. You've been warned. Speaks more than ever to the need for a parallel economy. Ministry of Truth, leftist NewsGuard strikes deal to rate now cable and broadcast TV news. You with OAN, you with Newsmax, you with Fox, you with anything that's not CNN or MSNBC, the Chris Cuomo, uh, Michael Avenatti Network, or MSNBC, home of Moscow Maddow, Russia Rachel. If you're anything other than CNN or MSNBC, I can guarantee you now, NewsGuard will do their best to make sure you are rated as poorly as promoting, quote, misinformation, which is misinformation in and of itself. Why are they doing that? They're doing that to promote advertiser boycotts now. I've spoken often about the need for a parallel economy. I'm going to be talking more about some of my new business ventures soon to do that. Folks, here's why this will fail over time. And it's guaranteed to fail. Just like I predicted the leftist cannibalist cancel culture network would eventually eat up their own. There are too many companies in America working on slim margins. Okay. Not everyone is Apple and not everyone is Google. Candidly, Apple and Google, they can afford to say, Hey, we're going to boycott conservative sites and not advertise them. Nothing's going to happen to them. They may lose a little bit of money, but they're not going to go out of business. The overwhelming majority of small, mid-size, even lower end, uh, large cap businesses, they cannot afford to abandon 50% of America. The irony of this NewsGuard effort and people like the cat lady is the more they push companies to abandon conservative websites in mass, the more they're going to push these companies out of business, which is only going to leave behind conservative companies who now have a larger market to advertise to who will now be successful in the long run. This is not some kind of weird, like, you know, let me try to, let me try to put lipstick on a pig moment. I'm telling you, hold your head up. The more successful the speech censors are, the more of a parallel economy fortified for conservative sellers they're going to create. Just like CNN and MSNBC created the most successful news channel on cable, Fox News. I'm telling you, their success will breed failure. I promise you. you does that make sense, Key? Do you get my point, Joe? You can, what's going to happen is you're going to drive these companies out of business. They can't afford to right. avoid 50% of America. They'll go out of business. They'll have no customers. And then the conservative companies that say, we're not boycotting conservative sites or Fox News, they're going to then monopolize the market just like Fox did. You're going to have nothing left. Your success will breed your own demise. I promise you, yet you're too stupid to figure it out. It's a need for a parallel economy, folks, now more than ever. Got a two-pager. And to all of those companies out there, whether you're conservative or not, who are hanging tough, realizing you're not going to abandon 50% of America, I congratulate you for uh, 
standing up. Thank you. All right. Um, you know what? Before I get to this, let me just get to my last sponsor. Here's what I got coming up because it's important here. Uh, the coffee boy blows it again. An epic example of gaslighting. And I want to walk you through how media gaslighting works in this very specific way. They promote a ridiculous story completely counter to what's actually going on. Think about Russian collusion, right? Hillary was actually colluding with the Russians. We know that, right? To set up Trump. Someone promotes a ridiculous story that Trump's colluding with the Russians. It's then parroted by idiots like the coffee boy at CNN. And then they isolate people from the truth. They're doing it again. They're doing it again because Kamala Harris, their backup plan is falling apart. I'm going to walk you through the gaslighting in a second. You're going to see it step by step right in front of you, how it happens, exposing these losers. Here's a video, Brian Stelter. I want you to watch the gaslighting right now in live time as it happens, because I'm finding if I report on this too late, the narrative already sets in. So here's the problem. Let me set up the problem for you first. The Democrats understand they have a problem right now with Biden. Biden's presidency is done. It's over. The man obviously cannot run for reelection. He is severely cognitively impaired at this point. Um, everything's collapsing. Inflation, the economy, the border, his coronavirus plan, everything's collapsing at once. They had counted on, at least in the beginning stages of the presidency, bringing out the righty. Bring the righty out of the bullpen. Who was the righty, Joe? Kamala Harris. They figured, don't worry, Biden will be a placeholder. He'll hand off like a football handoff the presidency to Kamala Harris. She'll get it. She's the running back. She goes downfield. Look at this. We win. We get three terms. Biden, Harris, Harris. Well, that's falling apart. Why? Because Biden's own staff can't stand her. It's only been a few months and Biden's uh, and Kamala Harris's staff is leaving in mass because they're saying is she refuses to prepare. She berates staff members. You're seeing it right here. Put up the tweet. So this guy, James Holman, who is some kind of a reporter, said, listen, she berates employees. She's unprepared. And then when she doesn't do the preparedness, she berates the employees who tried to prepare her, leading to more berating because she wasn't prepared. This sounds to me like a genuinely awful human being, Kamala Harris. People are leaving in droves. So the Democrats are realizing they have no backup plan. They're bringing the righty out of the bullpen plan is over. Here it is to the rescue. Eric Bollert, one of the clown princes of propaganda on the left. These guys used to work for Media Matters. Comes in and tweets, hey, Trump had four chiefs of staff in four years and the D.C. press never blinked. Oh, really? Really? We'll get to that in a second. Really? Their staff turnover was never a big deal in the Trump administration and the media? So watch now. How, I want you to watch slowly here, this clip. It's about a minute long. Here's Brian Stelter, the silver medal winner in the dopey media talking head Olympics we have on the show. Here's Brian Stelter running in to try to rescue Kamala Harris to make a story about Harris's failures and Biden's failures, really about Donald Trump and trying to get the media away. Watch how he tries to nudge the media away from talking about Kamala Harris's grotesque failures. Check this out. The White House on offense this weekend, sharply criticizing some major news outlets. It's the president doing it. It's the chief of staff. It's press aides all seemingly speaking out about what they see as too much negativity in the news coverage. Here's Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, suggesting that we all should read this Washington Post story. It is by Dana Milbank. I'll show it to you in a second. Here's another a Biden aide. Here's a, a rapid response director, Mike Gwynn, calling out reporters for not asking more about the jobs report on Friday, instead asking about Biden's cold. Of course, both are important, one more important than the other. Uh, I mentioned Dana Milbank. Here's his column for The Post this weekend, getting lots of buzz from liberals on Twitter. He says journalists are contributing to the murder of democracy. And he says he has data gathered by an artificial intelligence uh, machine to show that the press has turned more negative against Biden than the press was against Trump at this time in Trump's first year. What do you think about that? Is that possible? Does it ring true to you? I think it rings true to my next guest. Let's bring him in. Eric Bollert, uh, he runs the uh, Press Run blog, and he's here with me. Eric Bollert. <laughs> Eric, you see how it works? Do you catch it? You, well, folks, come on. Guys, you catch the scam? Dude. So you get some guy who's a lunatic, like a fringe left-wing moonbat nut job like Eric Bollert, who is a, a, nothing but a propagandist. The guy has zero attachment to facts or reality at all. His only mission is to lie to you to protect this socialist cause these guys believe in. That's his only mission. The guy's not attached any way to reality. He tweets out a ridiculosity about the Trump administration was treated much worse. Why is he doing that when it came to staff turnover? 
He's doing it to scare off the media from covering Harris stories who don't want to be criticized by left-wing moonbats like Eric Bowler. In other words, you better not cover Harris's staff failures. We'll say that you were nicer to Trump. Problem is they weren't nicer to Trump. Here's the evidence right in front of you. There's a Washington Post headline. The high-profile departures from a turbulent Trump administration. Here's one from CNN. Bannon, Priebus, Spicer, and the Mooch. A year in West Wing staff turnover. Trump was berated by the media for staff turnover. You're just making it up. But why does it happen? It happens because it's a bat signal. It's a bat signal to people on the left. Do not tell the truth about Harris. She's our only backup plan right now. And if you do, we are going to claim that some artificial intelligence machine, as that idiot Stelter just said, some AI machine is, shows that the media was more negative towards Trump than they are towards Biden, which on its face could not possibly be more hilarious. Do you realize what kind of a moron you have to be to believe that? Again, imagine waking up every day having to be a liberal, living in a fantasy land that doesn't exist and having convinced yourself this is real. Remember the components of gaslighting. Lie. Trump was treated worse by the media. Lie often. You're seeing it right there, how Stelter naturally parrots this left-wing moonbat nut. Lie. Lie often. Lie confidently. You see how he's stelters on the show? He's so, so proud. Oh, AI said it, Joe. AI said Trump was treated worse. Artificial intelligence. And then four, isolate people from the truth. Never tell people on CNN the truth that it's clear as day Kamala Harris is a failure. There's no backup plan. The administration's dying. And there's no righty coming out of the bullpen to save you. None. It's not going to happen. Fetch is not going to happen, folks. Stop Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. This town needs an enema. Needs a cleaning. Yes, sir. Maybe get a bidet afterwards for that one. Clean yourself up, you slobs. All right, here's my last story of the day because it parlays into this, how the Democrats' entire worldview and model is falling down around them. Another thing I've warned you about. Politico, uh, Caputo and Rodriguez, an article here. Democrats fall flat with Latinx language. You know, they want to use this word Latinx to describe anyone with Hispanic heritage. They say, why are we using a word that is preferred by a, what, 2%? A rousing 2% of the population, but offends as many as 40% of those voters we want to win, said one pollster. Here's the gist of this story and why it speaks to a larger narrative, right, isn't it? A larger narrative I've been discussing on this. Here's why I had to put this in. I want to put it in less. I have some time with this story here. The Democrat strategy forever has never been to get you to vote for them. They realize their ideas are grossly unpopular. No one wants to pay higher taxes. Don't believe the hype, folks. No one wants to pay higher taxes. No one wants to be told where their kids should go to school. No one wants their government uh, health care. They want to control their own health care. They don't want a bureaucrat answering the phone when they have a heart attack and need to go to the hospital. They don't want that. Can we all agree on that? The overwhelming majority of people don't want that. Right. So if they don't want that, and that's the Democrat platform, how is it that the Democrats run for office and consistently win? They do. They win regularly. They win because they know they need identity politics to do it. They don't actually run on that stuff. They only do it in far left places. In swing states and swingy districts, what they do is they convince black and Hispanic voters not to vote for their garbage because it's unpopular. They convince them to vote for them because they say the other guys are really racist and they hate you. We'll protect you against them. I've said it often. It's not news on this show. It's a divide and conquer approach. They put you in a box. They say, here's the box. And whatever label you slap on it, the Democrats have a bunch of labels. Union, single moms. You may say, well, we are those things. Yeah, you may be one of those things. But that's not how people identify themselves. My wife's Colombian. I promise you, she never says to me, do you know as a Hispanic woman, she's an American citizen. She doesn't identify like that. She identifies as my wife and a mom and a proud American citizen. The Democrats are trying to force these labels on people and they realized they were having a hard time with Hispanic voters because Hispanic voters can mean a lot of things. Are you South American, Central American? Are you from Spain? Where are you from? This could mean a million different things. So in order to stick them all in one box, you following? Follow is important. To stick them all in one box, to make sure that you're in this box and the Republicans hate you. I don't care if you're from Spain, Colombia, Brazil. I don't even care if you're from Portugal. Whatever you speak Portuguese, we'll put stick you in that box too. 
they all hate you. And therefore, you're all what? You're all Latinx. Latinx, we're just going to make it up. Meanwhile, everybody out there, Hispanic, is like, what the hell's Latinx? <laughs> and what started to happen is Hispanic voters, people like my wife, who love this country, love America, and love freedom and liberty, were like, you know, I find that kind of offensive. Um, you're not going to call me what you tell me. You're not going to stick me in a box. You tell me what the label is. I'm going to put myself, I'm leaving the box, and I'm going to consider myself whatever I want. A mom, um, an employee, a CEO, whatever I am first, and I'll label myself whatever I damn please. So the hilarious part about this movement starting to eat itself alive is the Democrats' effort to <coughs> stick everyone in one coagulated box to make sure it's easy to know where you fit and easy to know that the Republicans hate you is backfiring spectacularly as overwhelming majorities, 40% of people, well, a plurality, I should say, pluralities of people on the uh, Hispanic side with Hispanic heritage say, hey, we don't want anything to do with this stupid label. Keep using it. <coughs> yeah, the gender labels too. Keep it up. Keep it up as you alienate 40 and 50% of America in your culture wars. One last thought before I go. I know I'm running out of time, but you know, last night again, I was uh, we were out, my family and I having dinner with the inimitable, terrific Rachel Campos Duffy, who was just a wonderful, just the kindest human being. She'd been up all day. She hosted Fox and Friends. She'd been up since three o'clock in the morning. We had such a great time. And we were talking at the end about how the Republican movement is becoming a populist movement, but not at the negative connotations populism has. And you know why? Because Americans are starting to figure out, folks, the tax arguments are important. I just made one at the beginning of the show. The economic arguments are important. The college loan payment argument is important. But none of that's important if we lose this culture war. If we can get 50% of Americans to believe, if you're a Democrat, that the other 50% hate them, you can't possibly have a cohesive constitutional republic when one side believes the other side hates them. Americans are catching on. They're catching on fast that this is a game. It's a game for power and it's a game for votes. And they're revolting, as you can see by Latinx. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for all of your support for Rumble. I deeply appreciate it. My Rumble account has exploded. We're almost at 2 million followers. Please go follow me on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino, where you can watch the video version of this podcast. I'll have Matt Walsh on the radio show later. If you want to check that out, don't miss it. Rumble.com slash Bongino and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, folks. See you on the radio show a little later. You just heard Dan Bongino.